This is the Unearthing Art Podcast with Michelle Luminato and Beckley. And today we'd like to start off with some celebrations. Firstly, the show has now passed over 3,000 downloads and we are so grateful for you listening and posting about the show. And you've also opened up and shared your experiences with us about being an artist. And we really want to thank you so much. We love hearing from you. Absolutely. And the second celebration is something that's evolved really from the first time that we met Michelle, which is ridiculous yes. that it was only last year, but it feels so much longer to me than that. Um, so we'd really like to just share a little bit more about how that happened, how we came together and how we ended up here, because it's all related to this thing we're celebrating. Um, and I think it also says a lot about these winding paths that we take as artists. At the time that we met, I was feeling really stalled and stagnant in my studio practice. I had done a big course on foundational art principles and I'd done shorter workshops on lots of different techniques but I was still feeling really stuck, like I was missing a piece, missing some element of how to actually do the work in the studio. Like how do I develop the ideas and how I carry that through to completed pieces. So I wasn't sure where to go from there because I, I really didn't think that another art course was gonna help me work this out. And then by absolute chance, I stumbled across Michelle on Instagram and you were talking about teaching a framework that artists could use to uncover our own unique and repeatable studio process. It really did sound like something that I was looking for. So I jumped in and I put myself in your hands, Michelle. I joined your Inspiration Room membership. I followed your framework to the T. I did everything yep. you asked of me. And I took advantage of all your feedback, which is something that you do really well. It's challenging at times because you like to crack us open with your feedback. Uh, but what I think that it does is it really reflected back to me the potential paths of exploration I had with my art that were already a part of me and you could see that they were there, but I was totally overlooking them. Yes, you were definitely skeptical. I remember that <laughs> fondly. And yet, in spite of that skepticism, you jumped completely into the process and working with you, watching you embrace the process and you access these creative assets that I felt that seems really clear to me. I loved watching what was unfolding. It's been a complete honor and it still is an honor to watch that unfold and see your process and progress. And actually one of those big assets that came up was your amazing writing background that you have. I immediately was asking you, where is this in your art process? Number one, right? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe that I hadn't seen that yet. And I also asked if you would share more about your writing expertise with the group as a tool for exploring. And pretty quickly, we realized that you had this way of cracking us open as well through words. And I even experienced that myself when you were challenging me to write about my own artwork. That's right. That was that was a bit of a surprise. I think you could actually say that our relationship has been about taking turns at cracking each other open in a way. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Which is to get to our second celebration is why I'm so happy that Beck is now officially joining me and supporting our membership in the Inspiration Room. I'm so excited, Beck. So I'm super excited about this. 
And we just wanted to share that news with our listeners and say if any of you are wondering about being part of that kind of artist community with us, with both Michelle and I, where we really dig deep into the creative process and everything that we've been talking about here on the podcast, you can learn more about that through the link in our show notes for the Inspiration Room membership. But in the meantime, let's go on with the show. Michelle, I thought we'd have a conversation today about what is perhaps a broader topic, a broader idea, which has actually come up for both of us in different ways. And I think it's all around this idea of when we are growing as an artist, when we're wanting to make progress, and particularly when we're having those, I guess we call them growth spurts or growing pains as a Mm -hmm. person and in our art, what do we find is the most... Hmm. useful approaches how do we deal with those times what what kind of tools do we bring to bear on the challenges that we face and it's really interesting because this has happened quite organically I think it's emerged that one of the things like that lovely thing you said recently that sometimes we have to go slow to go fast I think when we are looking for the new when we're looking for growth and where we can be a bit focused on what do I need to add to this? How do I bring things together? It, we're kind of wanting to build something. We actually yes. have to deconstruct something first. We have to, you know, do the destruction before the creation. Totally. I Yes, great way to say that because I think we do, um, well, there's a lot of things. One is we have these things that we've taken in our whole life that make us who we are. And so... It's like, imagine this big pot of stew, the art stew, all these things that have been added there because of where we've been, who our parents are, what we've grown up with, and all these things that make us up. This is my experience anyway. For sure. And it's this melting pot of interests. And so a lot of times it can look like we have a lot of interests, which I think a lot of artists feel that way, where we like, we like this and we like that, and how do we merge all of it? And so in our mind, we're like, we want to merge all of it you know Mm -hmm. into this one kind of thing that becomes this super stew (laughs) (laughs) super stew as you say that that's actually i'm really it's sounding really familiar because that is something that artists do share that i've you know in groups that i've been in or calls that i'm on where they say oh i like i have like two or three styles that i love or Mm -hmm. i have this particular interest and that interest pulling it all together yeah yeah i have all these elements that i like but it all feels like a kind of a hot mishmash of stuff yes (laughs) like you say a stew but not not in the great way. Like there's there's chocolate and there's pork and there's yeah. I don't know what I don't know tomato sauce and there's this and that and uh, and I'm not enjoying the taste. What advice do you give people at that point? So I think there's lots of different layers of advice, but I would say um, feeling all over the place is totally normal. I think mm-hmm. that for one is the first thing I say is feeling like you're interested in a lot of things. I think it just goes to show how creative we really are. Mm-hmm. and how um, how connected we are to these different things. And I think that the tricky part, especially creating new work and evolving your work, is more of a shedding, so to speak, and peeling the onion back of the most important stuff mm-hmm. and getting rid of the stuff that we feel like it's important, 
but I really challenge the idea of how important is it, you know, in the scheme of things. And, and we want to make stuff that's interesting to us. And some of that requires a new space to live in. And so if it's so crowded, and I'm going to use the stew all day on this episode. <laughs> I'm not sure it's, it's so like right crowded. One. <laughs> <laughs> if it's so crowded, it's like, how can you make space for something new to evolve when there's just so many things? But it is a process of going through and figuring out the things that matter the most. But it also is still being true to, I think there's actually, I think um, it's Ira Glass that said this the best is that we have this taste as artists. As in we know what we like and we don't like. We can, yeah, we can look at good something taste. and say, that's Ooh. fabulous. Oh, that's mm, something. Totally. Yeah, it's the bad stew, it, basically. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so yeah. especially if we have this idea of like, this is, this is good taste and we're creating stuff that is not mirroring that good taste. That's why it's such a disappointment. Mm. And so getting in there and making that. So the, the taste is still there. Um, but at some level, I think there's some things that we feel like are important. And I'm really going to say that for me, it's been a, a, a thing of like, I thought it was important, but when I really looked closer, I realized it wasn't as important, but it took me really shaking a tree to figure out like, is this that important to me? If I could, if I didn't have this, would I be okay with not having yeah. it? Uh, we've got to dive in right there for a second, though, because I think there's multiple things happening yes. um, at that point. As you say, you've got, um, and this has happened to me really recently, you've got several things that you're trying to consolidate or marry. There is, as you say, just genuinely not yet being clear or being at a, a stage in your process where you don't quite yet understand what things are more important than others i think there's also some other things happening like um you can be caught in thinking that well i spent so much time developing yes. this this particular path of inquiry and you just don't want to acknowledge that maybe you need to let you, that go now yeah. and and you, and you think you've of course you haven't wasted your time of course the time spent develop skills it's developed knowledge and as you say now you know what you don't like this is reminding me of that um recent <laughs> episode you dragged me quick kicking and screaming to <laughs> you realize what you don't like now but you know there's a sense of well i put a lot of effort into maybe learning this particular or developing this particular look and now suddenly you can't quite accept that or even contemplate the idea that you're not going to be doing that so much anymore so is yeah, that too. There's that too. And there's the external world that says, hey, but actually that was working anyway, you know, especially if you're good at something. The curse of the, the sale and the success, yes. as you've said. So that's, if people are loving what you're doing um, and, and buying what you're doing, again, you're like, well, I need to fold that into what comes next. I can't leave that behind. I can't yep. simplify this. And that's where I think it gets, it gets really tight and because now you start putting a lot of you know it's almost I, here's a weird analogy that just popped into my head it's, you know like the wedding guest list like well I can't leave Aunt May out 
But, you know, <laughs> Uncle Stan, he, oh, we don't really want him, but, but he, he's a great friend of my mum, so I can't leave him out. And now yes. all of a sudden you've got this huge wedding party that you never wanted um, full of people <laughs> who you don't really want to be there, but for many other reasons you've come up with have to be there. And that's, and so you, you're trying to juggle all these things. Of course that's hard. I think that that is exactly true. And, and there is this, you kind of feel bad. Like this is going to mm. sound really funny, but it's like, I, I kind of feel bad for the pieces I'm leaving behind because mm. I really do like them. Um, but there's some things that I've liked that I've found I can't sustain that mm, I don't get energy yeah. from. And that's one mm-hmm. of the things that I look a lot closer at through my own work and the process that I teach is really looking at like, what can you sustain? What can you commit to that you won't get tired of? As well as I think that art is an energetic process. Mm. And I look for things personally that give me energy because I really enjoy letting the art practice feed my soul. And so I'm looking for what will give me energy and make me feel a little bit calmer in the world. That's my, that's my personal take. That's super interesting as well because it, what I believe you shared before, so in this decision-making of what can we let go of, what can we shed in order to grow as an artist, there are the kind of value choices, the value judgments we make about whether something's working or not working anymore, um, like the taste <laughs> judgments, mm-hmm. but also sometimes it's just a, a simple practical judgment or a practical decision it doesn't mean that the work's not great it doesn't mean that um you know it doesn't have value but i think you've said before that there might have been a path of inquiry that you decided not to continue because of the physical aspect of what was Mm -hmm. involved is that true Totally. I love abstract expressionism. Like I love cutting loose on a canvas. Um, But I felt like for me and my energy, and this is where it goes into a really personal thing of like what your energy is all about, how, how it, how it, how your art gives you energy as well. And I just found that I felt, I felt really exhausted by the process because it was an emotional release which I still do occasionally by the way it's not something that I've abandoned but it's not a practice that I do on a regular basis because I found it really draining instead of energy giving and so I did explore that but I realized it wasn't something that I could sustain that made me feel calmer you know Mm. but it sometimes if I do have this burst of energy especially you know, where I may be a little bit more, I don't know if loud's the word, but just like expressive of maybe I'm angry or there's just this, ah, you know, mm-hmm. that's not my normal energy. But if I do want to explore that, I will put it on canvas, but it doesn't mean I pursue that every day in my studio um, mm. as a practice. So I still honor that and say, you know what, that's still part of how I express myself, but it's not something that I want to continue on a regular basis to pursue. So mm-hmm. for me, it was a, I guess, practical, but also a, like, how does this make me feel? Do I enjoy this to the point of like, I could spend the rest of my life doing this? And I know that sounds a little bit that's heavy. A, that's a huge question, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. It's a bit of a, um, what do you call that? It's like a like a thermometer or like you're testing the yep. water. If you say, could I spend the rest of my life doing this? 
it could be a good indicator of whether it's something that it's time to let go of or that you really want to commit to and continue on with. Yeah. So if I if I have that crazy energy, I still let it come out. But again, it's not something that I'm going to commit to in terms of this is the direction that I'm going on my path. So I think that we can allow ourselves to like sometimes I'll say, just let it out. It's okay to let it out, but it doesn't mean that you have to stick to it and put it in your work and fold it in. Mm. You know, it doesn't, it, it, I tested it I, in terms of how could this look? And it just was that thing of like, no, I can, I can let that be what it is and it can serve its purpose, but it doesn't necessarily have to do something that I, it's not something that I have to do all the time and, and want to do all the time and give me what I'm looking for out of my studio practice. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the other thing that happens too is because we're so attached to who we've always been, I mean, mm-hmm. even though if I don't think we necessarily admit that we're attached to who we've always been, but especially if we've had some successes and things, you know, there might be something like, well, I've always done this, and so I should keep doing that. And for me, it was a process of really being okay with disappointing other people as Mm -hmm. well, disappointing their expectations of what it should look like, Mm. as opposed to just really honoring. And I think that's the tricky part is because I was, I've, you know, I think that's an uncertain process as an artist. Like, we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know the outcome so when we're honoring that and shedding, we don't know what the new space looks like. You know, mm. it's and it's hard because you you kind of have to be like, I'm going to honor it anyway, even if I don't know what it's going to look like. And so it kind of feels like a void. I don't know if yeah, you've ever felt. Yeah, it's really stepping off, isn't it? It's stepping off into a void. Yes, which is, I think, really cool because there's all this space for this new stuff to bubble up and evolve you've said you love to be surprised in the (laughs) studio you love to keep creating the surprise in fact I think you said um if you were a different sort of person you might be skydiving because you love that exhilarating feel talk about stepping off into a void so we know you're an adrenaline junkie maybe (laughs) I'm maybe I'm not quite the person who's saying (laughs) lining up to to skydive out of a plane (laughs) it does remind me what you were saying there about you know shedding who we've been that sometimes I guess that's what we're getting at that sometimes if we're feeling stuck really mired down and like we we feel I think sometimes we feel that I mean that's how this comes up in our lives we feel something inside saying this isn't the right place And yet we're not sure, like you say, what comes next. Like there's this strange tension, this strange anxiety around it. And perhaps what's happening there is a need to let some stuff go, to let go of some some baggage, whether it's personally or artistically, to move on to the next step. And it reminds me of, it makes me think of, you said, letting go of who we've been. And sometimes I think it's about letting go of, our idea of who we've been which might not even be realistic and this is a bit more of a personal story but I shared a little bit in back in the beginning where we shared from our own lives how I had a a time after illnesses and some surgeries that really knocked me around and I went through a period of feeling both quite depressed and anxious this was before I started painting 
and really adrift and I wasn't able to concentrate on the work that I had been doing and I felt a bit disconnected from the writing work that I had been doing but I didn't know what I was going to do next really ungrounded untethered Mm-hmm. And in that time, I went and spoke to a counsellor, as, as you do for a while, and I remember her asking what I wanted to get out of the process with her. What was my idea of where I wanted to be? I felt untethered. What did I, what did I want? And, you know, to write that down. And so I wrote down two or three goals that I wanted. <laughs> I was very focused on on work and being able to work. And so I, I was talking about wanting to get back to the way it was before I felt untethered, when I felt competent and focused and able to, you know, achieve what I wanted to achieve and make progress. And so I wrote those things down. And I think we started working on that. And we started working on the like, practical things like, you know, time blocking and all those sort of really practical things and then at one point a few weeks later I think I looked back on what I'd written and it just suddenly dawned on me I'm like I've put my goal is that I want to get back to what I was like before the surgeries happened and before I felt like my world had turned upside down I wanted to get Mm. back to what I was like before I was feeling so depressed and anxious and untethered. And yet I had this strange moment of clarity where I'm like, actually, I was never like that. <laughs> I've made this goal it's... to get back to this ideal of myself. I'm like, did I ever work like that? No. That's so funny. I'm laughing with you, not at you. It was such a strange realisation that I had built up in my mind that something had happened to me which had taken me away from this wonderfully productive person that I was and I was just going to undo that and get back to that that wasn't who I was at all and the funny thing is that rather than making me feel bad it was incredibly freeing I was like hang on I don't have to get back to that that wasn't even who I I don't I don't have to get back to anything. anything I can be whoever I want from this point forward So what happened in that moment was that I let go of an idea of myself, which I'd probably had since I, from back from school, university, entering entering the workplace, this idea of myself as being a very responsible, effective, productive, Um, responsive, all of those things, a a good working person. And all of a sudden, I'm like, was that ever really me? (laughs) It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. So these are the things we're dismantling. Yeah, and I think that you're absolutely right. There is this idea that we have of ourselves, and then there's the idea that we think other people have of us as well. Oh, my God, there's so many onion layers. And what's funny is none of it matters. Like not no. not really. It's more of it's more of being really honest again back to the same thing of being honest with yourself and and really having a look at that because when we're self-aware and we have this honesty, we can actually say, you know, does that actually matter and really question things that we're hanging on to. 
Mm -hmm. that may not be serving us as well as I think the other thing that I've noticed is that it takes your it takes you away from the thing that you actually care about the most and I think that's the part that I really want to make sure that we point out in this episode like for what what I see happen with artists is there's so many things they're concentrating on and the brain can only process so much right exactly yeah it just it just can't process all of our interests and so if we're focused on all these little things i almost find that it becomes a bit of a distraction and takes us away from the most important stuff that you actually care about and get the most joy from to me i think of it like like white noise or static you know so how can you get clarity how can you see clearly the thing that's most important to you or however you want to think about that if there's something coming through to you some message some visual of oh this is what I really care about but you can't see or hear it because there's all this static of this other stuff this other oh like say for example what what's really important to you is I don't know, watercolors of the seaside or something like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just as an example. And you could maybe see that clearly, but instead you've got all this kind of background stuff going on, like beliefs around, you know, real artists painting oils, for example. Yeah, yeah. Or you might have another background static might be some idea that you've had since childhood because a family member, you know, your beloved aunt who was an artist who inspired you and she worked abstract and she thought that, you know, representational art wasn't as, as important as abstract so you've got that going on and then you've got something going on like a current family member saying oh well um, I noticed that this this kind of work sells really well in the marketplace I don't think there's a market for yeah. watercolor <laughs> like these are all this is these all the, the white noise that's drowning out and all of the ones I've that I've listed there are sort of beliefs or stories Let's add to that the practical static of, oh, okay, but actually I went to um, art school and I studied, I don't know, textiles and ceramics. So now I've spent, you know, thousands of dollars in three years becoming a really great ceramicist. Like, so that's there, this expectation that your, your skills in that area. So you could have this deep, loving desire to it's, head to the ocean to watercolor but all of this stuff is is weighing on you that you need to make use of all this other stuff yes as well as one more layer to just to throw in like well what's trendy what's popular right now and mm-hmm. is this really is this really enough is it enough yeah are other people interested in it do they think is it going to be worthwhile yeah and it's so it's easy obviously we're talking about how easy it is to get distracted and Mm -hmm. and again it's it's not that these things you don't love these things like i still look at stuff and i look back at some of my earlier inspiration i think yeah i I love that but does that fit into what i really want to do i really Mm -hmm. look at that a little bit differently now but i think what's really nice is that when you look at you know this stew and i always definitely through the process that i teach (laughs) recommend like bring everything bring it all Mm -hmm. to the table yeah you know let's look at all of it and then we have to start looking at things a little bit closer and saying 
you know, okay, well, I love this and I love this, but I don't really love that as much. And again, it's that thing of like being okay with, I do love shapes, but as I do more of them, the way that I'm going about working with them has evolved because I'm really like, that matters more than that, you know? And I think we have to make these choices of things. And and that's such a personal choice as well. And it doesn't mean that it can't change, but I've just found that it just feels so freeing when you can really shake out the stuff that's not that important. And I think the work gets stronger as well. And the work is is more inspiring because then mm. you're not really getting stuck into, oh, I, I got to do this. For me, I look at that and think, well, no wonder I felt uninspired. I was just so confused. I had mm. such um, mixed emotions about things. And I think this is where we have to draw a line in the sand and say, actually, this is this is what I really love and what I like to do. And again, it's not always easy when the world is saying, oh, well, you're already good at this, so just stick with this. Or that's not what's popular now, or that's yes. not what, I don't know if we've talked about um, publicly before, but I know we've had conversations that there are certain types of art that seem to be looked down on a little bit so I kind of suggested that idea of it at one time I think this is less so now but at one time real painters painted in oils yeah and I hear that a lot about other things too you know we've talked about collage recently haven't we we've had conversations where um people feeling like if you're using collage elements that that's like a a kid's thing or a thing that's not high art enough. And I think the same thing has happened to, um, I was reading an article, the reason that the textile arts have really gone through a kind of a a rebranding, let's say, because maybe previously they've been more likely to be dismissed as a a craft or a, a woman's work kind of thing Mm -hmm. and digital art is being rebranded like it's all it's it's just yeah it's just perception isn't it it's It's perception and I just I do despair a little bit because how less rich would our artistic landscape be like the beautiful works in textile the beautiful work in collage like it's not nothing that's what the work of the artist is they take the thing the thing that makes these elements amazing that makes them the the fine art is is when people who are truly love that medium give themselves permission to go all in on it and then they create something that we've never seen before and then we go oh this yes. is beautiful art but it's it's the thing that what you just said there too is going all in i think what mm. we're really saying is What's really cool is when you go all in on the thing that matters the most, it does emerge as something really special. Thanks for joining us today. Michelle and I had so much more to say on this topic of peeling back our onion layers. So you'll actually hear part two of this conversation next week. But until then, have you had this experience of letting go of ideas or expectations from the past? And how did that impact your art? Or maybe this episode has sparked something that you want to think about letting go of. Come and tell us on Instagram at unearthingart. And remember, you will find all the links we mention in the show notes for each episode, which you should be able to view in your podcast player by scrolling or swiping on the episode. 
But if you can't see them there, you can always go to unearthingart.com where you'll find all our show notes, our Instagram, and more about what we're doing in the Inspiration Room membership. Thanks so much and catch you next time. Mm -hmm.